0: Des Moines, if you're looking for a new barbering experience, go ahead and book your appointments with the folks at Truth Barbering Shop, 6563 University Avenue, Windsor Heights, Iowa. Go ahead and book your appointments on booksy.com through the Facebook app. Go ahead and follow Truth Barbering Shop on Facebook itself. Go ahead and follow Chris Fats Dixon, the barber, Spicy Sal, a brand new addition to the Truth Barbering Shop crew, and of course, Duke, the barber himself. Shop hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Saturday. Phone number is going to be 515-650-3258. Go ahead and tell them the Mack Truck sent you. If you're looking for a new barber or just a new barbering experience, like I said, go visit those fellas over there on university avenue they do wonderful work for wonderful people and they're here to inspire the world hey y'all if you're looking for fresh new clothing to spice up your wardrobe or just get rid of some of the stuff in your closet that's not fashionable anymore go ahead and check out the in my bag clothing line by evan bradfield go ahead and download the whatnot app to place your orders through the in my bag apparel crew for up to 200 worth of credit tell them the mac truck sent you go ahead and follow the in my bag apparel crew on instagram at in my underscore bag 2023 and go ahead and follow evan bradfield himself on instagram as well he is the creator and designer of this line go ahead and follow him on social media networking anywhere that you follow people is where you can find evan again that's the in my bag apparel crew on instagram in my underscore bag 2023 for that hashtag and follow on social media and download the Whatnot app to place your orders for up to $200 worth of credit. And again, tell them the Mac Truck sent you. Welcome back. It's the Mac Truck Podcast here on Spotify and every other streaming site. That you can find your podcast, which include and that are not limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and Spotify itself. I am your hostess with the mostest Mackenzie Brooks here in Des Moines, Iowa. Paranormal sounds a little bit different. We've got our studio partway set up so acoustics are going to be better quality is going to be better we're just going to be better all the way around it's january 4th 2024 audio version here from the studio 242 a.m i do not sleep so what better time to give y'all some content than right now uh we got a lot of stuff on the docket today Uh, NFL Week 18 Game Slate and Predictions, NCAA National Championship College Football Game Predictions, uh, Caitlin Clark 40-point game versus Michigan State, and walk-off three-pointer Tyreek Hill Home Fire and Don Staley's quote on X regarding the tremendous Caitlin Clark shot and some of the backlash and turmoil that Coach Staley is getting, so we will hop right into it Starting at the top with the unfortunate news of Tyreek Hill's home catching on fire earlier January 3rd afternoon. Um, Miami Dolphins officials notified Tyreek Hill as he was at practice. He leaves the facility to go attend to that family matter. Um, As it stands right now, nobody was hurt in said fire at the Tyreek Hill home in Miami, Florida, just off the suburbs of Miami. Um, Davie area fire marshal Robert Taylor reported that they were waiting for the state of Florida fire marshal and team to assist and analyze what happened with the fire and all the details, uh, local news station, WSVN News 7 Chopper was also in the area um, reporting the news in the area of the Tyreek Hill home catching on fire. Again, we are just thankful that nobody got hurt and things are in place as much as they can be during this time. Um, you know, we want to send our thoughts and prayers and positive vibes to the Hill family. Because of everything that happened, fires and natural disasters are not something to mess with. So I know this is a stressful time for them. So while people want to try to troll and do everything else, let's keep in mind that things like this can happen to anybody at any time, regardless of status, money, position, anything like that. We are just thankful that Tyreek Hill and his family are okay. And we will have more information regarding the fire itself when... the other engines that be give us the information to do so moving on week 18 nfl got a big slate here this weekend folks it's going to be a good one Um, some people are playing for wild card spots some people are playing for just to finish up the season and we have a lot to cover i'm excited this is the part of the NFL season I highly enjoy because we have two weeks now where we have football games on Saturdays and not just college, don't get me wrong, I love college football, however it's the NFL, so it's on a little bit different of a uh, slate, so we're going to hop right into it, our Saturday games, January 6th, which is a special day for me personally, I will be 32 on the 6th, which is just under 48 hours away. I'm super excited. My sister's birthday is on the 5th. We might as well be twins. Shout out, big sis. Big Shaq daddy, big sis. Shout out. Back to our NFL predictions. January 6th, uh, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN plus ESPN and the ABC affiliate. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Mason Rudolph takes the reins for Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett did have tightrope surgery on his ankle in his return day up to this point of this broadcast sporting program. Kenny Pickett has not been declared the starting quarterback. And I'm sure I'm wrong when it comes to that. Things change overnight, over time. It's also almost 3 o'clock in the morning. But I'm here to give you the news and information that you all want to hear From a female perspective. Lamar Jackson. And those Baltimore Ravens. Who have just been decimating everybody. All season. um, Come in as a three point underdog. Three and a half point underdog rather. Which is interesting to me. I also kind of find that disrespectful. But. You know you have to let the naysayers know. And sometimes you have to do that. Without actually opening your mouth. So. I fully anticipate the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson and Tyler Linderbaum to handle business and to cover that three and a half points and then some. Um, Mason Rudolph, Najee Harris, those two combined are going to do some damage as well. I just don't think it's going to be enough to stop the freight train that is the Baltimore Ravens. Um, The Baltimore Ravens went into Santa Clara and completely decimated the San Francisco 49ers. If that tells you anything, if you pay attention to the sport, if you watch the sport, no football in general, in terms of NFL, you know that it's, again, just like any other sport, any given day, any given team can rise or fall to the occasion. San Francisco has had its ups and downs, but has been pretty dominant most of the season, just with those couple faux, faux pas left and right and i do understand that most of the teams playing this weekend that have either clinched a spot at the top of their division or have clinched a playoff spot already are resting their starters and i'm kind of personally on the fence about it i'm not super up or down i understand you know resting your starters but you still want them to get some gameplay because some teams may have a have a first round bye where they're going to be, you know, they don't have to play. They can rest up and heal, and have that first week off of bye. Then you're going to have those teams that are fighting for spots, and they're going to have to keep playing and playing. Um, I just don't personally think you should rest your starters the entire game. But I'm still an amateur at most of this, and I have a lot of learning to do. And obviously those gentlemen and staff members over there at the NFL get paid millions of dollars to do what they do and love and I'm trying to get to that point so I can fully understand moving on to the next game on our docket for January 6th um the nightcap the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts again two other teams fighting their way for the wild card or a wild card spot um, nightcap 7:15 p.m also on espn plus espn and abc affiliate um the texans are one point favorite over the indianapolis colts which is interesting to me because cj stroud who has had a phenomenal rookie season alone by himself just being cj stroud and just being the starter for the houston texans is i believe this is his first or second game off of concussion protocol um and you never really know if somebody's completely healed or passes just enough so they can play. And I'm not saying that's the situation here with um CJ Stroud. However, he got his bell rung pretty good. And obviously he's getting all kinds of care and treatment that the average athlete wouldn't get. So I can completely understand how he would be able to come back from concussion protocol so fast. I just know with the position that he's currently sitting in with this team, they are, they've they either clinched a spot or are very close to clinching a spot in the wild card for the NFL playoffs as it stands. Garner Minshew for those Indianapolis Colts who had to come in because um, their first round draft pick, Anthony Richardson, had AC joint surgery um, after the first four games of his NFL rookie start career. Gardner Minshew, who most of you know, if you pay attention and watch the sport and are just general fans of the NFL, Gardner Minshew was tearing it up in Jacksonville for a long time. Um, Was the backup for a little bit. Was a starter for a little bit. Um, just Gardner Minshew's a dude. Um, and the fact that they are a one-point underdog at home versus a high-powered CJ Stroud offense is interesting to me. Especially because Gardner Minshew can extend plays with his legs, he can extend plays with his arms. Gardner Minshew is in my estimation, highly underrated, and I hate that, but again, just like, you know, we always say, any team can rise and fall due to the occasion on any given game day, and at that point, you have to let the naysayers know, let the haters know, like, you know, if you were in my position, what would you do, type thing, and I feel like that's what 99% of these teams on the slate today are gunning to accomplish. Moving on to our Sunday slate, January 7th, Um, the Broncos at the Raiders. Unfortunately, the Broncos are 8-8 right now. Um, They did fall out of wild card contention last week. Um, Jared Stidham takes over that starting spot over Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson gets benched uh, the week before this came out. And there's been all kinds of controversies in terms of Sean Payton and how he's feeling with having benched a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's future in Denver now as it stands with him being benched uh comes to questions it comes to uh where we're gonna end up that that type of thing when it comes to what's the next step for Russell Wilson um, Russell Wilson has been one of those good dudes, especially this season, coming in and having pieces, having an offensive, a, a well-put-together offensive flow with um, former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, who is now the head coach for the Denver Broncos. Um, ever since they got waxed by the Miami Dolphins, 70-20, to 20, they have been on a tear, and the Denver Broncos have literally adopted the term let's ride and they have been riding with a couple ups and downs along the way Um, but the entirety of Jared Stidham taking that starting spot over Russell Wilson makes some of us think that there may be some locker room issues there may be some front office issues contractually or maybe Sean Payton just wants to see what his younger fresher quarterback can do and maybe that's just what it is we could also just be looking entirely too far into this entire thing of russell wilson being benched just because you're a veteran doesn't always mean that you get a starting spot um and i think that's what some people in the social media stratospheres and the sporting stratospheres don't quite understand it's just because you're a veteran and just because you have experience does not mean you are guaranteed a starting spot um. Point blank. Period. That's just how the company crumbles. If there, there's always going to be somebody that's better than you. And I'm not saying that's the case here with with um, Big Russ in the Denver Broncos starting position. However, I do personally think that Coach Sean Payton may be just trying to see what he has in Jared Stidham because Russell Wilson can't play forever. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's you know, on track to retire or anything like that. But if something happens and they don't end up, you know, coming to an agreement with Russell Wilson in terms of contractually, uh, position-wise, things like that, you always have to see what you have in a backup plan. And uh, speaking of backup plans, going over to the Raiders in O'Connell, um, rookie out of Purdue, who took over that starting spot for the Las Vegas Raiders over uh, Jimmy Garoppolo who was the starter earlier this season um, I believe had a little bit of an injury and then Aiden O'Connell ended up taking over the starting spot for the remainder of the season um, right after uh, Josh McDaniel gets fired and Antonio Pierce um, takes over as interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. Wildly enough, the Vegas Raiders are a three-point favorite in this matchup. Uh, Broncos at Raiders, and I believe that is a noon game on Sunday, and I'm, I'm kind of really interested to see how this game turns out. Um, If we're just looking in terms of all the wild changes and things that have happened, um, Josh McDaniel getting fired and Antonio Pierce being named the interim head coach for the Vegas Raiders. Um, Just looking from uh, the naked eye, casual fandom on TV, social media, however you get your ingestion or digestion rather of sporting news topics and current events, Antonio Pierce can command a room. Antonio Pierce commands presence. He demands presence. And you can see that on the field. You can see that in the locker room, during the post-game interviews, celebrations, things that you see on social media. And I, I personally believe, just from a fandom point of view, if Josh McDaniel got let go a little bit earlier in the season, I think the Raiders fare higher and differently um, in their division. And it's kind of a one-off because it's always like, okay, let's, you know, we want to make a mid-season coaching change or an in-season coaching change, but we don't really think about who we want to take that spot in the future or what type of coach that we want we just know that we want to see a change almost immediately but we don't have a backup plan I feel like with this Raiders team and Antonio Pierce being the interim head coach currently as it stands right now I think they have found their head coach it's just whether or not the entire rest of the Las Vegas Raiders organization believes so as well um, and I'm sure we'll find out towards the end of the season. Moving on, speaking of more backups, because this is the season of backup quarterbacks. Uh, Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Sweet feet Joe Flacco comes in as a seven-point underdog versus Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I don't know how I feel about this game, personally. I am kind of flabbergasted because Joey Flacco was really shopping himself just about a month ago or so. And then he gets a call from the Cleveland Browns organization because Deshaun Watson is out for the year. And then DTR gets hurt, who was backup QB3, I believe. And then Jacoby Brissett, I believe who was two, also got hurt. So Joey Flacco is the current starter in Cleveland and has been on a tear. And he won last week without Amari Cooper and and without lots of his weapons that he has had for the past month. And flipping over just for game's sake itself. Cincinnati Bengals are also in that same exact predicament. Joe Burrow goes out with a season-ending injury. And unfortunately, because I'm old, I cannot quite remember what the injury itself is coming off the top of my head. But I do know that it was season-ending. And we now have Jake Browning. Jake Browning, who has also been on a tear since he re-entered the starting starting spot lineups for quarterbacks and players in the NFL um, is a seven point favorite at home which is a fair point favorite I think it also depends on where people are putting their money in terms of the under over um if I had to take it I would say that this would end up being a three point this would go to a three point deficit in favor of the Browns because it would just give them home field advantage. Um, But I'm not counting out Joe Flacco at all, Um, especially if he has Amari Cooper and David Njoku. Yeah, Um, gonna be a little bit of a rough ride for Cincinnati but if uh, Cincinnati can find a way to get Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase the ball, the uh, running yards and passes that they need to succeed like they have been, this game could go into overtime. Moving on to obviously the more favorite game out of this slate because I might be using my bias, but I don't care. Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders, Dak Prescott versus Sam Howell. Sam Howell gets named earlier yesterday as the starting quarterback for that game. Um, this is game two of a two-game series in the NFC East Division. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are a 13-point favorite on the road against Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin over there in Washington. And honestly, I think 13 points is a little bit high. I think they gave them 13 because of how high power the offense is, but I'm not really sure if the the odds makers were really paying attention to this because Dallas has not been great on the road. Um, That's a proven fact, and I don't quite understand why. Sometimes we just have inconsistencies as a team and not just team being the Dallas Cowboys, but as a whole sport and in its entirety, you always feel more comfortable when you're playing in front of a home crowd. You always feel more comfortable and ready to go when you don't have to travel and you know rearrange your schedule to go play a game at somebody else's home stadium. As it stands right now, though, Dallas is undefeated at home. So if Dallas wins against the Washington Commanders this weekend. Um, And the Eagles lose. I believe Dallas will clinch the NFC East division. Um, And unfortunately for the Eagles, they have just not had a great rest of the back quarter of season. Um, They have dropped three games almost back to back, which has really put them out of contention to clinch that top spot for the NFC East. As it stands right now, Dallas has the head-to-head over the 49ers, or not the 49ers, rather, I'm sorry, the Eagles because of the back-to-back losses by Philly themselves. Um I'm not really sure what to think about the Eagles and their losses at this point. Um, I know that Jason Kelsey center for The Philadelphia Eagles has stated numerous times on his podcast with his brother, Travis Kelsey, uh, the New Heights podcast. He has said numerous times that him himself as a player needs to do needs to play better and the entire team as a whole needs to do better. Um, And the fact that he's been able to call his team out and call himself out first and foremost is highly respectable. And I'm not saying that there's not ever been any other team or player this season to do that, um, because there has, with Dallas included. But in terms of just getting through difficult patches in the season, Jason Kelsey has done nothing but held himself and holding his team accountable. And I love to see it. Um, Being a Dallas fan, I am not like oh my god I hope they win but the fact that they are doing what they can to hold themselves accountable as players publicly without making a lot of mistakes or very little um excuses is very commendable um and I can say that for every other team in the league that has gone through any kind of trials and tribulations um up to this point um, and just rolling over to our final game on the slate docket for NFL weekend 18 predictions um, Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers Baker Mayfield and the and the Bucs are a four and a half point favorite on the road versus Bryce Young and Adam Thielen in the Carolina Panthers Um, I think Baker Mayfield has found his home for a while in terms of football Um, I know he first first pick overall um, to the Cleveland Browns and it was Baker mania for those first two years and then he kind of went on a slump which is normal for any athlete getting comfortable and then you start to have growing pains um, you know maturity things in terms of trying to figure out or reestablish who you are as an athlete as a person I feel like Baker Mayfield went through that and I feel like him taking over the reins after Tom Brady has actually officially retired. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is, has done himself a justice by being able to reacclimate himself because he had a small stint over in L.A. with the Rams when um, Matthew Stafford had thumb surgery. And then he gets moved and shipped over to Tampa Bay and has been doing pretty well ever since. So I anticipate... Baker Mayfield and um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans down there to cover and then some Um, unfortunately for Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers um, definitely been a rough season probably not quite the rookie season Bryce Young was expecting to have but that's a part of being a professional athlete in a professional sport and unfortunately being drafted to a team that needed to rebuild. And that's no knock on the Panthers. That's no knock on Bryce, Bryce Young. That's just how the cookie crumbles at this point. At this point, as it stands right now, Bryce Young is the culprit of a team that needs to rebuild um, the piece that he had. get ends up being a part of a trade deal to the San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey. Um, and now, as it stands... Bryce Young really only has Adam Thielen in terms of main, main targets. Um, I know DJ Moore also um, ended up being, I'm not going to say relieved, but is no longer on the team for the Carolina Panthers um, and now plays for another NFL team who, unfortunately, his name is slipping my mind, again, because I'm old. And because CT is a thing. Um, moving on to the next thing on our docket, because we're going to go backwards instead of forwards, but we always have something to cover here in the Matchup Podcast here Spotify, Spotify Podcast, and wherever you follow your podcasts. Um, we're going to hop to the women's basketball slate. And you guys should already know where I'm going with this because I am an Iowa fan. I may be a little bit of an Iowa homer when it comes to women's basketball. um, But I don't think I'm that much of a homer. I like to spread the facts. I like to give the information as it stands and how I see it and how it could be viewed by other people. Kaylin Clark, Iowa Hawkeye guard, senior phenom phenomenal individual has her fourth game in a row of 35 points. Plus Caitlin Clark drops 40 points and hits a walk-off three-pointer to beat the Michigan state Spartans in Carver Hawkeye arena last night on January 2nd. Iowa ends up winning 76 to 73. Caitlin Clark, 40 points, five assists, three steals and one monster block block towards the end of the game. Um, Julia Arolt goes 16-8-1. Kate Martin, 6 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, Joyner goes 10-4-2. Molly Davis, 8-7-2. and Hullock, 9 9-3-2. Hannah Stolke. This is where we're going to stop for a second. Hannah Stolke is a G. Hannah Stolke had 15-8-1. 1581 tells me, without even having watched the game. Lots of that was paint work. Lots of that was elbow work. Lots of that was getting the ball inside um, because Michigan State knows the Iowa game very well. They are a perimeter shooting team predominantly, but their bigs can shoot the ball from the elbow and beyond in terms of having shooting range other than just post-play. I watched this game. In fact, I had the game on the radio on my way home and ended up watching it when I got back here to the house. This was a wild game. It was very much tight the entire time. As you can tell, 76-73 is a three-point win for Iowa, um, if you can do simple math. The thing that really kind of did it for me was Michigan State did not stop competing the whole damn game. And I'm talking like Caitlin Clark, who is known for creating her own space, had to recreate how to recreate her own space. They were playing very tight. They were double teaming her. They were playing a partial man zone coverage press type of deal right towards the end of the game, right towards that three quarter mark of the fourth quarter. Um, And this is where it starts to get a little tricky because uh, Molly Davis, second year, I will play her fifth year senior um, for her eligibility. Molly Davis, who is point guard extraordinaire, five foot seven, just a dynamo. Molly Davis is a G. She is also one to shoot perimeter shots if you watch women's basketball and have the past couple of years, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This is where the controversy comes in to last night's game. Um, Iowa was down at the half, 35 to 37. We get into the fourth quarter. Iowa is shooting on the side of their own bench. Molly Davis gets a pass from, I believe, Kate Martin. Kate Martin feeds from the pass from the opposite elbow across to the backside corner where the Iowa bench is, Molly Davis punt fakes, then goes to dribble to the left and gets bulldozed by, I believe, Joyner of Michigan State. The referees inevitably called it a shooting foul, so Molly Davis ended up shooting uh, three free throws from the free throw line, um, even after review, and there has been a big controversial stink about it. And I can see why on both sides. And we'll get to that in just a second. Molly goes two for three from the the three for a line after said call. And Don Staley, legendary coach Don Staley, mind you, um, goes on X or Twitter. However you guys refer to it now or see it. X slash Twitter. Coach Don Staley. And I quote, heck of a shot. But the game ball goes to the refs for the shooting foul call. Now, if you watch basketball, if you know basketball, if you've coached basketball, if you are a casual fan, okay, so she made an attempt to shoot the ball and got hit. That's if it's beyond the arc, it's a three-point shot. If it's anywhere inside the paint, it's two. Or inside the elbow, it's two points. Now, coach staley isn't wrong obviously but i don't personally think that she's completely correct molly wasn't going up for the shooting motion at the time of the foul she was in the she was in the middle of recreating space to go up for a second shot after the pump fake so i can see why it wouldn't have been called a three-point shooting foul if it wasn't but it unfortunately unfortunately for Michigan State it was called the the opposite way for Iowa but what I don't understand is some some of these Iowa fans on X um are like hardcore trolling Don Staley and I'm talking like they're just like oh you're Still salty about Iowa knocking you guys out of the tournament last year and just some like super outlandish nonsense. I went on to Don Staley's X page and commented. "Um, Luckily, I haven't been blocked, but from what I've been seeing and reading, most of the Iowa fans that have come to um, the defense of the Iowa Hawkeyes, on uh, Don Staley's uh, ex post have been blocked including one of my very good friends who also got blocked and I don't believe their comment was block worthy personally because they were just explaining why it would be one way or the other or could be one way or the other essentially agreeing with some of the other people on the post Um, But Coach Don Staley was not having it. If you were trolling her post in any kind of way, you were getting on the block list. Uh, I'm surprised that I didn't get on the block list, but I also don't feel like I said anything to get blocked. So, let this be a lesson. Maybe don't troll Don Staley on X and don't get blocked and you won't have these problems. Um, The other controversy to this entire game from last night was whether or not caitlin clark got the ball off in time before the buzzer and after about four or five times of like nationally replaying the shot and the referees reviewing it on the court there is literally a picture of caitlin clark having the ball out of her hands with 0.01 second left Like one tenth of a second left on the clock like the ball is in the air as the shot clock and game clock shot clock is done and game clock says uh, 0.01 and it was like almost perfect timing like simultaneously she gets the screen from stokey stokey sets up the essential ball side pass caitlin comes off of the screen and just Steps to the left like she always does and creates her own space and drills the shot out of nowhere. Like I was sitting in my room watching this game. I'm like, oh, this game's going to go over time. Nope. Caitlin Clark takes that quick half step dribble to the left and drills that thing straight. All net. No backboard. No rim. And the entire cardboard Hawkeye arena just lights up and just goes bonkers. Um, If you guys, again, have been following and watching the sport of women's college basketball. Caitlin Clark hit a similar shot on the same side of the floor against Indiana last year uh, to propel them into the first place spot for the women's Big Ten uh, standings. At that point, Caitlin Clark again hits a wild shot. Going back to last season, uh, takes her dribble to the left and drills the same exact shot just on the other side of the arc away from her bench drills it drills a shot walks off the court and just hypes up the entire student section um, and she did the exact same thing to uh monday night after that shot and it was almost you could put the two shots together and they were almost the damn same shot um and all these people are just like oh Kayla Clark is this, Kayla Clark is gap. Well, how do you know? Because you're going off of what you see on social media because I highly doubt some of the people that are running their mouth have actually watched the sport of women's basketball or have watched Iowa's women's basketball in general, um, let alone to pass a judgment. But there are also some people out there that just love to hate. Um, and I just, I personally love how Caitlin Clark is so poised and just so humble and I know there, there's people in my personal life that have had some kind of experiences with her or some kind of experience with, with people on, on the team and may still hold some personal vendettas or grudges towards a younger budding athletes with those on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um And I don't think that those need to be upheld anymore. This woman is making damn near millions of dollars playing college basketball at a high, high level for a D1 school. And I don't think is keeping those small moments that she may have been, you know, a little bit upset about something or... Um, an attitude, or you know, whatever the case is. Um, some people think she's cocky, some people think she's overzealous. Well, sometimes you got to be cocky and overzealous to deal with that type of pressure and play at that level that she's playing, and that goes for any sport on any level. It's not just D1 women's basketball, it's not just NFL, it's not just college football, it's across the board. If you are an athlete of any kind and you have any kind of passion or zest for what you do, there's going to be times that you're going to get. A little bit outlandish and a little bit cocky, and people aren't going to like you for a little bit. That's just the way the, the damn cookie crumpled. Um, and in and, and like and I can flip this the other direction. Like I can I can flip this with I don't know LSU LSU women's basketball. Also, perfect example. Like they are the current reigning national champions. They beat Iowa last season, and a lot of people gave Iowa flack for the gestures from caitlin clark some of the comments from people at the same time i'm just like you guys aren't doing this like how are you going to try to hold one side accountable but you're not going to hold the entire sport of women's college basketball accountable as its entirety because some of the, the things that were happening last season are still happening now in terms of gestures cockiness overzealousness things like that um like i'm always i'm a huge fan of keeping it equal like If you're going to call me out for something, you better be keeping the same energy for somebody the hell else. You know what I'm saying? But that's neither here nor there. That's a conversation for another day. Moving on. Again, because we're going backwards in our docket. We are now going to cover the National Championship College Football game coming up here. Presented by AT&T on January 8th. Number one and number two. The uh, Michigan State, uh, Michigan Wolverines, rather, versus the Washington Huskies for all the marbles when it comes to college football, the national championship. I am so excited for this game. Um, this is exactly who I predicted would win, um, and I had said that the day or two before the national college game day ranking selection show for the playoffs Um, Michigan ends up beating Alabama in overtime um, on Monday night and Washington who damn near ended up going to overtime with Texas uh, the Washington Huskies ended up beating the Texas Longhorns as well in regulation which now puts us at this upcoming game. Um, I haven't quite seen the um, the under over in terms of um, who's a point favorite in terms of it being updated. However, um, I'm still on the fence about this game. I don't know who I want to win because I, I like genuinely like watching both teams. As I stated in my last podcast about a day or two ago, um, that I was genuinely happy. For the Michigan Wolverines and everything that they've gone through, regardless of how anybody feels or any of the controversies. Um, I love to see a team that works or a player or an athlete that works through trials and tribulations to get to the point that they are as it stands. And that person I'm talking about is Blake Corum. Blake Corum did not get to be in this position last year. Blake Corum was out with a broken ankle um, and has worked all offseason, all post-surgery, all the way up until Monday night to beat Alabama. And now is going on with his teammates to the national championship. And the same thing can be said for Michael Penix Jr. and Dylan Johnson over there in Washington. Same exact thing. Loads of trials and tribulations, loads of doubt. And now both of those teams are heading into what's going to be a gunslingers battle between JJ McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. Going into this game, JJ McCarthy is 230 for 314 pass attempts, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a total of 2,851 yards. Michael Penix Jr. 336 for 514 or 504 rather attempts, 35 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and 4,648 passing yards. That's and it's. That's in its entirety, total-wise, coming up to this national championship game. Both teams are 14-0. and 0. They have not lost a game yet this season. But somebody's O has got to go. And I don't know who's O is going to go. Um, Michigan, when I last looked, Michigan was a 4.5-point favorite. I expect that number to drop just a little bit before the game on Monday. I think Michigan still ends up being about a two-point favorite before kickoff on Monday night. Um, depending on what Vegas books say and who's putting money where and what types of parlays are being um, being created, but I I'm still on the fence about this. The under in terms of total points is 55 and a half. Which means people expect a lot of passing touchdowns to happen. Um, I think the only thing that each team will have to try to figure out is how to stop the opposite team's running game. Um, Blake Corum. If you know Blake Corum and you've watched what Blake Corum has done and how he's decimated teams this year, he's a leading rushing um, touchdown leader for the University of Michigan um in its entirety. And you have Dylan Johnson. Dylan Johnson is also a goon in his own entirety. Two hundred and twenty-two carries on the season, eleven hundred and sixty-two yards and sixteen touchdowns, Blake Corum, two hundred and thirty-seven carries. Uh, 1,111 yards and 25 touchdowns, those are very, very, very close stats when you look at them compar- comparatively. Um, I, I honestly anticipate this game going in overtime. It's going to be interesting to see um, the first quarter is going to tell us everything we need to know. And then we have the receivers for both teams. Um, Roman Wilson, 45 receptions, 735 yards for 12 touchdowns, Um, a doomsday for the Washington Huskies. He has somebody who has not gotten too much shine this season, but with the past couple games, his name has been one that has been called a lot. Coming into this game, total 87 receptions, 1,553 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Also very, very comparable to Roman Wilson for Michigan. Both of these teams are going to light a fire under the other one, and I really feel like this is going to go into double OT. Like the Michigan game went into one OT. I think this game is going to go into double OT. I just don't personally think there is enough on either side for them to completely stonewall the other one. I would say the only comparative difference is J.J. McCarthy is a right-handed quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. is a lefty. That's it. They're both very shifty. They both can extend plays with their legs. Um, If the running game gets on point, it's very hard to stop because Blake Corum and Dylan Johnson are phenomenal at Yards after catch, passing, you know, grabbing catches out of the backfield and creating more space and more opportunity to get first downs. um, Is the deep threats in terms of Adunze and Roman Wilson. (laughs) If if, if Roman Wilson gets open, JJ McCarthy is throwing to him. It's a proven fact. If a Dundee gets open even the slightest, even if it's on a short a short route, Michael Pennings is throwing a bullet straight to him. And he's picking up the first down, if not close to it, every single time. I think at this point it's the defenses. It's figuring out what defensive schemes are going to at least slow the other team down. And I think that's the mystery that still ends up being untold until Monday night. And with that, folks, concludes episode 12 of the Map Truck Podcast here on Spotify and Spotify Podcasts. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts streamed and downloaded. We are also on StreamYard. For those of you who are new to the podcast, new to the series, um, we started a video component this past Tuesday. There will be another episode of the video component here tomorrow or later tonight, January 4th. If you are listening and are around, go ahead and give us a follow. If you don't know how to podcast, then bang that follow button. So look, y'all. I know that you have noticed the brand new logo for the Mac truck podcast that you all follow and listen to. If you need web designs, logos, or just a brand new spark in your life, go ahead and contact CCR Web Design and Graphic Design. Camilo Rodriguez, web designer and graphic designer, is the one who created the Mac Truck Podcast logo that you see all over social media and streaming sites for podcasts. The CCR Web Design crew does web design itself, graphic design, logo creation, and website setup itself. So go ahead and email them at ccr515.webflow.io phone number 515-313-7343 go ahead and tell them the mac trunk set you again that's ccr web design and graphic design by camilo rodriguez